Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Jesse Jacobs. Uh, Jesse's latest work is from Koyama. By this shall you know him, and from Ad House, from I guess about a year and a half ago. Even the Giants, both very ominous sounding books, Jesse. <laughs> I like titles. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like you're uh, working in kind of a bigger picture world. Oh? Just with names like that, it's very like, there's a lot more going on. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, titling is, is tricky. Titling comics or titling anything, I guess. So typically my approach is I write a lot, a lot of stuff down in my notebooks and things, so I'll go through it and just find things that I like that I had written down in the past and that kind of work for the, the context of the work, I guess. So tell me a little bit about your uh, your your comics history. You've been doing mini comics for a while before you did these books, right? Oh yeah, I've been drawing comics a long time. I was actually just visiting my parents on the East Coast and I found a box they kept of comics that I did when I was, you know, just a small boy. You know, I would have been like 11 years old or something and I was doing comics back then. Um, did you go to art school at all, or? Yep, I went to uh, NASCAD, the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design in Halifax, Nova I've, Scotia. I've heard it's a good school. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> did you do any kind of? What did you focus on there? Like, what was your kind of artistic output while you were in school? Um, I was kind of all over the place. I look back, like I I went right after high school, so I was like eighteen, and I look back now and. 
you know, that was like 10 years ago. So I probably would have got more out of it now if I was going, because then I was, I mean, not like I'm really mature man now or anything but back then you know I didn't probably take in all I could have when I was there I was bumping around like I was doing a lot of printmaking and things like that uh you know the disciplines that kind of allow a lot of freedom of imagery when you're when you're drawing you know compared to like the painting course there which always seemed pretty daunting to me like a lot of still lifes and things so I was doing mostly like printmaking did like a lot of etching like intaglio stuff some screen printing things like that and I did a lot of illustration classes as well there um, did you continue doing comics after you left school or did you kind of stop for a while and try doing other mediums oh I've worked in a lot of stuff you know but I've always kind of maintained comics as a primary focus even in art school we were doing it on the side it wasn't you know it wasn't for any any credit or anything but I had a comic anthology I did with a couple friends I met there um, you know we would put that out every couple months and uh, that was actually kind of what I focused on more and it wasn't even for school there at school I was just sort of you know drawing whatever whatever uh, I can't even remember a lot of the stuff that I did there I'm curious what your what are the influences going into your work because um, mm. it's I'm, I'm trying to play some of them and I'm not having that easy a time with it yeah, um, I don't know. I guess I guess visually the the influences would be easier to pin down. I think than kind of like the writing part of it, um, which I I take from all over the place. Um, I think a lot of visual, like I've been influenced by you know old cartoons and things. Like I was well when I was back at my parents, I was going through old boxes all in their basement and finding toys and things, you know, and like. Looking at that stuff now, I can see how big of an impact it had on on my creative process. Like I found, do you remember those toys called Boglins? No. They were like these little puppet things, probably from the early '90s. Um, they were kind of rubber or latex or something. Really. Oh, cute. they're like weird heads. Yeah, they're like heads with these floppy arms that dangled. Yeah. Their eyes around, like those things. I I, I found one. I brought it home with me because I'm like, this kind of looks like my the drawings that I'm doing now. Um, I found some old uh, like Pee Wee Herman toys as well, which you know back when I was real, I was obsessed with Pee Wee Herman and that whole thing, the whole playhouse. Like just seeing like Gary Panter's work and how big it's influenced me when I didn't even know it was him doing it when I was a kid. Obviously, I wouldn't have known who, who he was <laughs> years older, but yeah, that stuff definitely was really into like kind of all the stuff I picked up in childhood. Ren and Stimpy was another huge obsession of mine when I was a kid. It's pretty amazing to look at uh, Pee-wee now as an adult and knowing Panther's work and just seeing how visually it's like a Gary Panther comic strip. Yeah. Just looking at the set. Oh, it's insane. I don't know. Like, I look, I, I, I was looking everywhere for toys that, because I had them all when I was a kid, you know, Cherry and Randy. I was like looking obsessively, but I think they must have got thrown out. I even had the Playhouse as a kid, too. I remember like crying for that at Toys R Us. As a little... <laughs> My dad not getting it for me, but then I got it for like a following birthday or something. It was really cool. It was just kind of like this cardboard, laminated set, like unlike other bases you get when you're you know into toys as a kid that were all like plastic and heavy duty this thing was just like on paper <laughs> it's really awesome 
I had the uh, the Ninja Turtles one, which had a fair amount of cardboard on it. I seem to remember. Yeah, I had that, like the the sewer system. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. I was oh, I was so into toys as a kid. That that was Ninja Turtles. I had, I had a lot of those things and bases too. I'm kind of like incorporating those ideas into a lot of the drawings I'm doing right now too. That aren't comics as much as just big drawings, kind of like characters that have backpacks and accessories and, and bases that are all kind of in the same same theme or something like made of the same materials that kind of thing now you live in london ontario now i do what brought you to that odd place oh yeah uh, well my girlfriend is doing her phd right now at uh at uwr at western okay you know? And so we came here. Well, she came to start her master's and then decided she wanted to keep going there, which was always kind of the plan. We didn't know if it would be at Western or not. So we've been here for three years now. Um, and I like it. You know, I'm coming from, I was in Halifax before, and then I spent a year in Moncton, New Brunswick, which is pretty low key. And then uh, coming, coming to London was. You know, not such a big leap from Moncton. I was actually disappointed because of the school she was applying to, like it was either at Dalhousie in, in Halifax or in Toronto at UT, you know, and I was kind of open for, for that. But um, then when it was Western gave her the best offer, I was kind of bummed about it. But it, it's worked out pretty good. Like I've met a lot of friends here and uh, there's a lot going on artistically anyway. Has that, well, how long have you been there now? Uh, Three years, I believe, probably a little over three years. Have you found any kind of impact in your work um, being surrounded by these different types of artists? Because it's got a pretty unique scene going on there right now. Yeah, it's hard to say how how much they're, they're influencing me, but maybe maybe they are. Like I mean, I like Mark Mark Bell has since moved since you know since I've been here, but you know he moved last year to Guelph. But he's always been a big influence. Like even before I knew him, I was really excited to get to know him as well. And uh, Peter Thompson's work as well, I'm really into. And also, like I like hanging out with those guys as well. So I think more it's just kind of like a social thing for me, maybe. Yeah. Other artists and things is inspiring to see people working so much because, I mean, especially Peter, that guy does a lot of drawing. There's something about all of them where they just there's just like this like need to be like creating like I remember sitting down with Mark and he just like needs he just grabs something and has to draw on it yeah yeah it's pretty inspiring actually um, he traded me a drawing recently so I have one of his awesome drawings from like an old comic strip like Big Pile or something it's really awesome to get that I gotta get it framed I think nice yeah yeah <laughs> and also hang out with like uh, um, like James Kirkpatrick I think you've done one with him haven't you Talk yeah him and Jamie Q were out here yeah yeah, I hang out with all those guys a lot we're going to the beach in a couple of days actually nice yeah I didn't know there was much of a beach there I guess you got it at, or on Lake Ontario yeah well this one would be on Lake Huron I go there kind of go on like Mondays or Tuesdays every week I try to go at least once I mean it's not as nice as coming from the east coast where you know when I lived in Moncton I was like 20 minutes from a really nice beach on the ocean but um, it does the trick you know especially on like windy days when there's waves coming in and things like it looks like an ocean you can kind of pretend well and you can't see the other side I guess no unless you had uh, some crazy vision <laughs> yeah. so at least you kind of feel like you're in an ocean yeah it's just nice to go swimming it gets so hot here I could imagine 
I'm uh, I'm not good with heat. No, me neither. I don't like it. So, one of the things looking at your work which really struck me is I'm curious about your interest in origin myths. Uh, yeah. Is that something that you've been into or is it something you're exploring? Yeah, I think it's just something I think about, you know, obviously in my new book, um, you know, I'm not being too literal about it. I was just having fun, like approaching that book. It was sort of like, um, I kind of like the idea because I knew I wanted to do after even the giants, which is all these different little stories. I wanted to do something like to try to pull that together just to create one sort of larger, however loose narrative in that, um, so I wanted to create a framework that I can kind of just draw anything I wanted. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like just sort of like if I drew a bunch of little shapes and objects, I could kind of put that into a story and that kind of made sense for the bigger idea of like, okay, there's going to be these futuristic alien type creatures or entities that can uh, create anything they want. So sooner or later, you know, he creates a, another, like the universe or something. And then you're going to do a big cube with little tentacles coming out of it everywhere. And... Yeah, yeah. So that story's so loose. I could, like, if I came up with anything cool looking, I could throw it in the book, which is kind of comforting. And it keeps it exciting. You know, I think comics can be eh, not boring, but I think, you know, sometimes I look look at some work and I'm, I'm amazed that people have done it. And I'm like, oh, I could never stick with, with something so, like, rigid, maybe. Like, so I like the idea of having it very open for to include any sort of imagery I feel like drawing. So do you approach your work kind of looking at a single image and image by image or do you kind of approach it in a sequential way? Yeah, well I think with the last book I did have an overall idea how it was going to go, loose idea, and then you know I, I always have my sketchbook and I'll come up with ideas for imagery for it you know and then just kind of like okay I gotta work this shape in where is it going to go, sort of. So yeah, I mean both, really. How do you approach um, kind of creating one bigger image in itself? Like, do you have parts you want to get in there? Do you kind of have a molding you want to do? Do you mean for a single image or for the overall? For product? a single image, for like when you're doing like a big image with all these odd little parts to it that kind of all connect yeah I'm curious um, about like just kind of putting that together like what is the process yeah it's kind of different with this book like the bigger ones that are really geometric I used a lot of graph paper to sketch out because I, I kind of wanted to keep you know all the angles relatively uh, uniform um, but yeah, it's almost like constructing something, like building it, like taking the shapes and kind of mixing them around and creating a bigger, bigger piece out of it. It's hard because it's all different. You know, some of the more organic stuff with like the plants and things, I'm just kind of like going straight, drawing that, um, you know, putting in whatever I feel like. But then with the more geometric, like repetitive sort of fractal imagery, it, you know, I'll draw it loosely and then kind of tighten it up on the computer a bit and then pull it out. Like it's all different depending on the image, but I use a lot of different tools from like, you know, I use a computer for some of those drawings just to, you know, some of them are just repeated things over and over and I'll pull it into the computer and just build it on there after I drew the initial components. And then I'll print that out and ink it and add a lot to it after that. 
Um, do you, what kind of books do you read? Like, I'm curious. Comics? Just comics? You're not reading? Oh, uh... no, I thought you meant what kind of comics. I, I actually don't read a whole lot of comics, though. I've been doing a, doing a lot more now since meeting with Annie Koyama. She'll always kind of give me books, too, that I should be reading, which is very <laughs> and, uh, But for books, like, I'll read, I'll read, a, lot of, I read a lot of novels and into, like, some history books, too, things like that. Stuff that you wouldn't really relate to my work, maybe. Like, a lot of times I'll read something. Like, I was into... A lot of war novels for last year and I'm like thinking man I could it would be fun to do something like this in comics but I just don't think I'm capable of it like my style wouldn't really work it'd just be too rigid you know it's just like I was into like Roman history for a while too and like think of all these ideas to make a comic but that's just not me you know somebody else can do it way better than I, I can one thing I'm wondering if you take is you're taking like kind of abstract ideas from those works and kind of funneling it into yeah I think so and I think a lot of the writing could be influenced a bit especially in the even the giants and more shorter ones that are a bit more kind of like like just you know sprawling down little scribbling down little phrases and things that I like the sounds of or something I guess could be like lyrically related to some of the things I'm reading uh, I read a lot like I even read some poetry in here my brother's a poet too so <laughs> You know, and he's a librarian as well, so he kind of keeps me in the loop of, you know, good stuff to be reading. Looking at even the Giants, it's a very Canadian book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that something conscious? <laughs> Probably not. No, I didn't set out and say I'm going to make something uniquely Canadian. I think it's probably just from, you know, living or living. Like, I like the winter. I like how it looks. It's kind of long here, but I think aesthetically I've just been influenced from living in this part of the world, especially in on the East Coast where there's, you know, snow, oh, oh like seven months of the year almost sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if it was a conscious thing, it was just I like the way it looks. I like the way... You know, the white is just white, like when you look out and it's just like this clean blanket over everything. It's kind of like lends itself well to a background or something in a computer, in a comic panel. Did you ever, uh, when you're reading up on history, were cargo cults something you were interested in? Were what, sorry, cargo cults? Cults. Cults. I, was, I just thought there was something in there kind of referring to that. To, to referring to cults, sorry? Well... I'll tell you what they are. Um, cargo cults was a thing during the Second World War when uh, the U.S. would drop, uh, like, cargo for soldiers that got stranded on islands in the South Pacific. Uh -huh. um, and then there's these indigenous tribes that hadn't been exposed to any kind of Western people at all. Mm -hmm. And so they would think these were, like, offerings from gods would worship them. What really? I had never heard of that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so I was just wondering if that was something, but I guess not. <laughs> no, I like that idea though. No, I ha I have honestly never heard of that. I'm surprised, but um, yeah, I like that idea definitely. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's like I'm really getting a feel from her work of just like this kind of like, um, almost like a ridiculousness of, uh, this kind of like god ideas yeah yeah or just something there's bigger you know there's obviously some bigger picture and we can only glimpse a little of it and we will 
kind of form of our opinions based on what little information we have, however ridiculous it is. I like how you've kind of turned into a teenage club host in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, where do you see you kind of taking your work from here? Because like you, you, you appear to really be building up and kind of getting solider in what you're creating. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I don't know. Like, I want to do another book for sure, and I have a few ideas that I've been in drawings. You know, um, long term, it's hard to say. I've been enjoying doing larger drawings that aren't comic, but I don't know. I'm always pulled back to making comics. Like, even in the standalone drawings, it just feels like there's some sort of narrative just kind of wanting to come out of it or something. Um, I kind of don't. I, I just. I guess like drawing for me is a fun thing, and if I think about it too much and where I'm going to go with it, it can be kind of stressful, you know, like yeah. asking questions, well, why am I either even bothering doing it or something? <laughs> it's just sort of like day to day, I feel like drawing, so, you know, try to come up with something that looks good. You mentioned your sketchbook earlier, is, is it just always on you? Yeah, I keep, I do keep a sketchbook. Um, I don't know, and I like to have little ones that, that are portable. Um, where I can, you know, just kind of draw anywhere. Actually, the, the, even the Giants book, the, the the publisher sent me like a dummy book just to make sure the paper was right and the cover stock was correct. So I was using that for a while, which was just all like, you know, it was even the Giants but blank. So I filled that up and I like that because it's soft cover and I could like roll it up and bring it around with me. So I want to get another sketchbook like that. I think it's important to always keep that keep that on you because you never know when ideas are going to come mm -hmm. <clears throat> sorry yeah. um, tell me about your work you've been doing skateboard decks oh yeah with homegrown yeah um, yeah I've skateboarded almost you know since I was a little kid as well I really like it and I still do it now and again not as often um, but I'll still go to the skate park but my friend, his name's also Jesse, um, in Nova Scotia. He's got this company called Homegrown, where he builds skateboards and uh, he does everything. He kind of the, the woods all local Nova Scotian wood. Um, he, you know, builds them. He's got deck presses. And he's got a screen printing studio. It's in an old fish factory, They're just on the water, like near. Uh, Lunenburg in Nova Scotia, kind of like touristy area, but he's like converted this old fish processing plant into a wood shop, screen print shop, skateboard park, and little store area. It's a really, really, he's a really awesome guy doing all that stuff. So I've just kind of got in him. I met him through, through art really, and he was interested in some of the stuff I was doing. So we just kind of collaborated since then. I've probably done like seven or eight of them by now, I think. Do you still keep up on your skateboarding? Yeah, I, I try. I, I try. It, it's kind of tougher now. Like I used to work in a skateboard park in my early 20s, and I would do it, you know, like for hours every day. But now I'll go out like every other weekend, you know, in the morning and uh, before like it gets too crowded, the skateboard park by my house and just roll around on the ramps and stuff. I like skateboarding on ramps. I'm not one to like go out in the street and ollie curbs and things anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to fall on a ramp, I find, because you can just kind of slide down. I know how to do it. But you get the burns from the uh, the wood. Oh, it's a concrete skateboard. Okay. I just remember my friends would always have these really bad 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't really go too crazy now. It's not worth falling. Falling hurts a lot more now that I'm 30. <laughs> now, do you have a day job or do you are you able to kind of focus on your art all the time? Oh, I have a day job. I mean, I I work for an organics company, like an organic food company but okay. mostly it's it's okay though like I just do it a couple of days a week and I'm, I'm driving around a lot mostly in the country so I go to a lot of the farms around London you know picking up different things produce and meats and things and do deli- like home deliveries too as well as that and uh, like it's not bad I've been cutting back because I you know I kind of I want to focus on on art a lot more but I don't even know if I did have that free time if I would be focusing on art like it hasn't seemed to slow me down working doing that it's kind of nice because it's a change it gets me outside and things and you know put music or podcasts on and just drive around but eventually I'll probably have to cut back on that I think so I was wondering if you kind of have created like an art making routine or is it all pretty spontaneity yeah, it's pretty spontaneous. I'll just do it in the night, like in the evenings. I only work about three days a week usually, and even on those days, I'll usually be drawing in the evenings. The other days, I'll just kind of, you know, come into my office and come up with things to draw. I don't know. In the evenings, I like to put like a baseball game on or something in the background, and I'll still be working during that, that kind of thing. But there's no real process to it. It's just whenever I feel like doing it, fortunately, I feel like doing it a lot. So. Yeah. What role does color play for you in your work? Because they're both very specific coloring. Oh yeah, almost like monochromatic, especially the even the giants. Um, I like colors a lot. I, I'm not that confident in my color use. I don't think so, especially because I'm coloring on with Photoshop. Um, you know, the colors are pretty limitless. I mean, obviously there's a limit, but there's what seems to be endless colors. So I kind of like to just take a palette that I, I've agreed on that I like how it looks and just use it for the entire book. It's it's less daunting that way, but it's also I mean I like the way I like the way it looks as well aesthetically. So it's a bit of both, like laziness and um, and it's just a choice, an aesthetic choice. But I think limited palettes like have a lot of potential. Um, especially in my newer book by the show you know him where you know the aliens are a certain color blue which kind of separates them from the other stuff the you know the earthly organisms and plant life and things now do you have any art shows happening or anything or with your bigger work uh no not no not nothing on the horizon really um i've been kind of I don't know. I should make a collection, kind of. I know Jesse, the guy from Homegrown, is trying to get me to do something down there at a gallery in uh, in Halifax. Peter Thompson actually just had a show there. I can't remember the name of the gallery though, but he's been trying to get me to do that. It's just so much work, you know, to organize a, an art show, and it's not it's not the funnest work. Like, you know, I mean, obviously you don't have to frame everything, but it's kind of nice to do that or at least present it and like ship it and all that stuff. It's uh. I gotta do one sooner or later. You know, I've been involved in a lot of group shows and things, but never a solo show. I'm just curious to see what it would look like with the way you've been approaching a work and how it would be in a solo show. Yeah, eventually I would like to do that. Yeah, it's always exciting to see that. Like, um, there was a, sh- a gr- the group show. You probably heard of it. Not bad for London with like Mark and 
Yeah, yeah, that's why I had Jason McLean on for. Yeah, yeah, they, they, like, I was just so excited going into that gallery to see that stuff all together, you know, and like in this this commercial gallery setting, it was awesome. I'd love to do something like that. It's a, uh, it's a good group to be, uh, palling around with. Yeah, they're fun. Well, thanks for taking the time to join me today, Jesse. Yeah, no, it was a good interview. Thank you. I hope you enjoy your uh, sunny afternoon. I w well, it's actually kind of rainy here, but I'm going to have to take the dog out either way. Well, I'll enjoy the dog walking then. I want to be a I wanna be a werewolf.